Before we get this podcast underway, I'd like to apologize for the slight audio issues we had. From minutes 440 through to about 1650, the sound quality drops a bit. So just bear with that short period and the sound goes right back to normal. And if you could message me with your feedback on this podcast, um, go follow me on Instagram at Martin Silva Fitness. And please direct message me with your feedback. It was a very uh, interesting debate with Mike Case, a.k.a. V-Gains. So sit back and enjoy. Optimize your body. Wow. What an intro, people. What an intro. See, who needs the uh, who needs my intro when I've got a human beatbox? Yeah, that's right. Maybe I could uh, have a regular seat here. Right? I could be your beatbox and DJ man. I'll tell you what, mate. That was so awesome. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll take you up on that. That got us going. Um, anyway, we have, um, I have my man Mike on the show today. And as some of you know, I have actually been talking about for for a while. We finally got together. Um, Mike is a vegan or plant-based eater, whatever you want to call it, he chooses um, not to eat meat and he has done so for the last six years. And we wanted to discuss uh, um, and exchange some ideas on our viewpoints on um, on the Game Changers documentary. Now, I obviously am an omnivore and I eat meat and plants. So obviously Mike's not. So we, we're going to have different viewpoints and I thought, why not uh, kick off a friendly debate and um yeah here we are how you doing mike yeah great thank you very much for having me on your podcast absolute pleasure absolute pleasure now mike i met mike at the gym uh we're both personal trainers both you know self-employed personal trainers and mike's been at it for a long time i think he's got about 13 years experience in the game and i'm, I'm roughly around the same so um, we're going to drop some knowledge bombs on training as well as um, nutrition and plant-based diet versus omnivore. But um, what got you, what, what was um, the turning point for you, Mike? Because you've been vegan for six years. Mm-hmm. What made you want to make that decision to cut meat out? Yeah, it was, um, I remember it would have been six years ago. I'm age 30 now. So we're talking, you know, 24 years uh, old. I remember walking along the beach in my early 20s and being very fatigued, you know, very tired. Um, I was very active. I always thought I had a good diet. I always tried to eat um, well, whole, uh, make sure you're getting enough protein, et cetera, et cetera. I remember being so fatigued and tired all the time. And I didn't know why I was fatigued. I didn't know necessarily know where my tiredness was coming from. Um, and it was really a good friend of mine um, who's also a pharmacist um, who showed me a lot of information around diet and nutrition, um, which really took a 360 spin on everything I thought I knew about food and about nutrition. Um, I remember at the time I thought maybe I wasn't getting enough protein, so I ate more and more protein and got more and more fatigued and tired. And as a result, I was going to be open-minded about this. Um, I, I thought, well, what I'm doing now is not working for me. Um, so he you know, took me to one side. He showed me a lot of information. I thought, well, do you know what? Um, I will take your information on board. I'll make some changes with my lifestyle. I went over to see him for a two-week um, holiday period. 
and I ate the way he ate, and I felt very good very quickly. Um, and and ever since, I have been sticking to it. Awesome. So you say you ate the way he ate. Yeah. Give us an example of of what you did. Give us talk us through real quickly the uh, transition. So you went from eating sounds like quite a lot of meat to yep. eating. Give me an example of the kind of foods you were experimenting with, which you hadn't hadn't done before. Yeah, well, to give you some context, um, what I used to eat um, was really very much bodybuilding centric. You know, I used to eat a lot of animal protein, fruits, vegetables, um, and those were the main sources of what I used to eat. I used to ensure that I was getting enough protein with every single meal. Um, and then once I'd met, you know, obviously met up with my friend again, and we discussed some ideas. And um, I was open-minded to his way of living and making some changes with my diet. Um, I was eating a lot more yeah, different types of fruits, different types of vegetables, things maybe that I haven't, you know, eaten an awful lot of before, you know, um, which really opened my mind up to, you know, a different way of living. And so it really made change my mind through mm. also through my own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from what you're saying to me, Obviously, I'm going to try and challenge you. A of course, bit. Like, that's no, why I, here. I, I, I actually, right? I would actually ask you uh, the favour of really throw some, uh, you know, stones my way. I'll give it a good shot. Yeah, mate. give it a good shot. That. If it's to the truth, it may uh, hold true. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So the way I look at, I, you know, from my observation, yep. you've obviously gone from from eating, you know, uh, meats and you said some fruit and veg yep. to eating by the sounds of it, you know, more whole foods, right? You've obviously increased the amount and the variety of plants you, you, you're eating. Yep. So, um, do you think that, you know, it was, cause to say that, you know, cutting meat mm. out, it's eliminating the meat mm-hmm. made me feel better. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, but obviously you'll never really know if it's the variety of plants and maybe nutrients you were missing out on before mm-hmm. and, and potentially maybe the, the types of meat you were eating before weren't ideal or who knows if there was you know if i don't know if you've ever tracked back but if there was anything else that could have been making you feel fatigued and stuff like that so i guess my question is do you think it's the fact that you've um added that you added more plant-based foods and more nutrients you may be missing out on um mm-hmm. or do you think it's because you cut the meat out that you're uh yep. you started feeling better it's a good question is it essentially because i took meat out or is it that i added more plants in or perhaps it's both you know, um, I think um, from my experience and also from all the study that I've personally done, and in my personal opinion, I think it's both in terms of adding more diverse range of whole food plants in and also cutting out um, animal products um, that I, in my opinion, um, are not needed in the diet or not needed in our diet in terms of to be thriving, strong and healthy. Um, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. So... You you think obviously to be thriving, strong and healthy, we, we don't need meat to yep. to actually thrive as humans and you know optimize. Mm-hmm. So based on my experience, this is just my take on it. You know, some people do thrive on a vegan diet, and I mm-hmm. think you're you're an example of that. You know, mm-hmm. so far so good for you. You're six years in, yep. and you're obviously much healthier, and it's changed the way you look at things and lots of other stuff. We'll we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but you know, meat is you know gram for gram, the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. For example, um, I talk about animal offal, um, you know, like livers, like chicken liver or, or animal liver of some sort, mm-hmm. being, and also um, shellfish as well, being the most nutrient-dense, the amount of micronutrients, amino acids, and all the rest of it that mm-hmm. you get combined into those foods, um, and even like having a steak, for example, having red meats, you know, the abundance of nutrients you get 
Um, pound for pound is the most nutrient dense food on the planet. But I think obviously there's a fine line between uh, the quality of food sources that you eat in. So, you know, you could be in processed meats um, or you could be in meats which are, you know, sourced better um, and, you know, you know what you're getting kind of thing. But what are your thoughts on that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the I think it is just, that's just the fact, right? That meat is more nutrient dense than plants gram per gram. So, yep. Yeah. yeah, we could have a good discussion on that. If you yep. take a look at, say, meat, all right, uh, meat in itself, very high in certain micronutrients, totally void in others. Whereas if you take plants, for example, we have maybe not incredibly high, but in terms of balance, in terms of its overall nutrient profile, I would say plants were a better source of nutrients. In terms of, for example, we look at steak high in iron, totally void in, say, for example, calcium, or maybe totally void in certain other nutrients. Um, in terms of it's high in certain things and not high in others, whereas, for example, you take vegetables, it would be across the board a, a balance of different minerals and micronutrients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an interesting point is in terms of also then how that gets absorbed you know, in the gut and also how it gets absorbed into our body, you know. So, for example, you take um, how different micronutrients are also absorbed in the body from animal products versus plants. You know, another interesting, you know, one is talking about bioavailability and in terms of, you know, the argument that it's more bioavailable from animal sources. Mm. So just for the audience, just to simplify that, that is your body's ability to absorb the nutrients, right? There's the argument, for example, vitamin A and D, yep. or uh, fat-soluble vitamins. Or B12. Which you, or B12, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, as certain nutrients you get in plants which are, are not as bioavailable as they are in meat, is what Mike's saying. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, mate. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. So, you know, in terms of um, every different food is going to have different bioavailability, obviously. Now, in terms of, let's say, for example, animal products, okay, how those micronutrients interplay into our body, is, for example, take iron. In terms of like you've got different types of iron. So, for example, from animal products, we've got heme iron. Whereas from plant-based products, um, we have a different type of iron. So, for example, with heme iron, our body will always try to absorb it. It sees it as very, very important. Okay. Whereas, like say, for example, from iron from plant sources, it more take, the body takes what it needs. All right. So in terms of the reason why it sees it very, very important is because the nutrients coming from animal products would be rare, very rare, as if in a hunter-gatherer world. And in terms of who we belong to, in terms of creatures that we belong to, you know, in terms of the human being is a great ape, you know. Mm. We belong to the orangutan, the gorilla, the chimpanzee, the bonobos. We're like 98% chimpanzee, right? mm, 98.4%. Exactly. So genetically, we are predominantly belong to that group. And I would state the case that we are not lions. We are not bears who are omnivorous. We're not raccoons who are omnivorous. I would say by far we are predominantly herbivorous. And the reason why certain nutrients would be absorbed into the body as seen as very important is because in nature they would be coming in very rare. And what happens is when we absorb these nutrients very regularly on a daily basis, as I was, you know, three times a day, every single day of the week, thinking I need to get enough protein, what ends up happening is, is that those, those nutrients actually end up becoming toxic within the body. For example, take heme iron. 
that always gets absorbed very, very regularly, constantly. And when we have a look at cardiovascular disease, whether we look at cancer, whether we look at diabetes, something that is correlated between all of those is that they all have very high iron in the bloodstream. Okay, but at the same time, right, um, <clears throat> when it comes to um, eating, so if we were to take those people who obviously have issues, like let's say chronic illness, yep. whether it's diabetes, cancer, and all the rest of it, I think there's so much more, so it's, it's multifactorial, right? Because what they've done in the studies, which uh, link, you know, meets to different types of cancer and whatnot, is they've taken um, groups of people with different lifestyles. So they, they're people with different lifestyles and not necessarily just eating different types of food. There's lots of other lifestyle factors which come into it. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to, you know, eating meats, because we said about meat being nutrient-dense, Obviously, we have so many different, uh, mm-hmm. a, a wide range of nutrients within, for example, uh, a piece of red meat, mm-hmm. which is virtually, you know, it's impossible to get those nutrients um, within a vegan diet, right? So you have to obviously take supplements like you mentioned, we mentioned B12 before um, off air. So the way I look at it, we're talking about, um, you know, high iron and the blood that. I think personally, I think that's like splitting hairs. I think if you look at all the other things mm-hmm. which people do, which cause harm to them, right, um, and inflammation or whatever it is, most people don't sleep properly. You know, most people eat too many calories um, and too much processed food, yeah. which which cause people to, to overeat. You know, a lot of people don't exercise as much. And, mm-hmm. and that's what they found conclusively, conclusively in, in a lot of these studies is that they haven't taken into account any other factors such as, you know, does a person drink and smoke? Like the, the main studies which they obviously preach about um, with meat causing uh, issues and causing heart disease, um, and none of those studies have they accounted for um, those other factors such as drinking and smoking, right? They've only, they've basically taken something, by the sounds of it, you know, meat causes this, they've, they've taken something and ran with it. But obviously those studies are, are quite dated as well. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Because um, there's, yeah. there's been all, all up-to-date studies done obviously showing that, you know, on yeah. millions of people, um, terms, millions of people saying that, you know, there's no issue with meat. This yeah. definitely doesn't cause those those issues. So, In terms of, you know, going back to the idea also that plants um, are inferior in terms of nutrition to animal products, plant products are 65 times, have 65 times more antioxidants. They have fiber, they have protective phytonutrients, um, which also avoid in animal products. Um, yeah, but then on the other side, the meat, meat has stuff which plants don't have, right? Like uh-huh. all the different uh, minerals and micronutrients, which you cannot get in abundance which from ones? plant-based foods. So you've got the B vitamins. You've, yep. got, you've, got, you've got several, um, obviously all the B vitamins. You've got you know iron, zinc. Um, you've got cholesterol as well, which is a big one, which has obviously been demonized a lot. Yeah. But now studies are showing that it's actually, you know, we all know it's a nutrient. Uh, yep. Creatine as well, which... Creatine is great for performance, but um, also for the brain. They're finding that creatine is really important for brain health. But you know, B12 as well. Yeah, and B12, which you cannot get. You you can take supplements, but you know, we didn't evolve eating that way. So if you can eat, if you yeah. could eat some meats and lots of plant-based foods, it sounds like to me that would probably be best for most people. Like, yeah, that's just kind yeah. of common sense, right? Well, I I would disagree. I mean, I would say, for example you can get all the nutrients from a plant-based whole food diet. You can get zinc, you can get magnesium, um, you can get the omegas, you can also get B12. I mean, nutritional yeast is high in B12. I would say that B12 is not necessarily a plant-based issue, but it's a 21st century issue in terms of that we are so sanitized in our environment today that there is a B12 issue. And B12 doesn't come from animals. B12 comes from the soil and is a bacteria that is grown from the ground. 
And but that's what they said on the game changers, though, right? But that's yeah. been proven not to be correct. That was that was that's not that's not right. It's not a fact. It's actually producing the gut, like the the animal, especially a cow acts as a middleman, right? So it, 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 a cow, for example, can absorb and break down nutrients from plants that humans just can't do, which is why you know studies show most vegans uh, do end up with nutrient deficiencies, right? Is that v- is that not correct? And um, no, I mean I wouldn't say that veganism leads to nutrient deficiencies. No, not all, but um, a lot of. A lot of studies show that, you know, most or no. a lot of vegans do anyway. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree with that in terms of nutrient deficiencies is not due to lifestyle. Nutrient deficiencies could be from a range of different factors from person to person. An omnivore could have nutrient deficiencies. And I wouldn't say that was a scientific um, evidence-based argument. I would say that was more an observational viewpoint. And the idea also that, um, that um, animal protein is a needed part of our diet. Um, I would say that we need to be more plant-based, you know, yeah. in terms of eating a lot more plants. Mm-hmm. I agree terms, with that. And also way, the, agree with it's, also the idea, it's also the idea that, um, you know, you say omnivore. I mean, what does omnivore mean? And we could say vegan. Well, what does vegan mean? Mm. You know, um, in terms of could be all vegan. But if we could eat a whole food plant-based lifestyle, mm. um, getting all our nutrients from plants which causes a lot less destruction environmentally um, and it can help with that. It's, mm. the only, it's the only lifestyle that's ever been proven to reverse and, and even protect against heart disease, our number one killer. Then, you know, you can't necessarily say... Oh, it doesn't you're, reverse, you're does it? Like it, it does is, reverse, yeah. It, so, but that hasn't, doctor, been, that hasn't been proven, though. Yes, it has. So in it terms, hasn't. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Esselstyn, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn in the U.S., has shown that you don't only um, protect against heart disease, but it also reverses heart disease by actually opening up the anterior and, and also helping the endothelial function of the uh, cells within our arteries. I'm pretty sure that has that's been proven though not to be correct because they haven't they haven't linked that directly to just just people eating more vegetables and plants reversing heart disease. Once again, it's always multifactorial. They they never seem to take all the other factors into it, which could not necessarily reverse heart disease, or let's just say reverse heart disease, there's going to be lots of other things you can do to actually prevent it. And I I feel like, you know, with most studies, they're always going to be funded by either vegans or, you know, potentially people who are into paleo wave eating. (laughs) So there's always going to be, obviously, we're probably never going to come to uh, an agreement there. But what Um, I would would like to say to listeners, though, just on on that topic you were saying is just generally based on most of the people I've coached and from what I've seen from experts and stuff, most people tend to thrive. There's, there's the anomalies and there's, there's people like yourself who, you know, who are thriving on a vegan diet. You can do it, but I find it's just a lot harder. And I find most people getting that if the nutrients are available from meat and you, you know, you're not going to cut me out from an ethical standby, which I, I totally admire. Like I said, you off air people who do it for ethical reasons, but from a health standpoint, you can get the nutrients that you need from meat and you can also get nutrients you need from plants. They both have value. So I feel like, you know, to actually thrive and to optimize your body, um, or well, no pun intended. Um, I would say that, you know, cause I know so many people and, and athletes included as well, um, that have turned vegan or turned to plant fully plant-based eating. And the majority of them have gone back to bringing some meat in because because there must have been, obviously, there's all the nutrients we talked about. There which must ones? have been something lacking. What you mean, athletes? Yeah, which athletes? Well, there's there's athletes like obviously we talked about Jokovic. Obviously, he switched over to the the tennis player. He switched over to 
Um, we can we can kind of transition yeah. now into the game changers, right? Let's yeah. let's talk. About I think them. I think what's also really important in this uh, conversation also is to also stay on topic. Yeah. Um, so, for example, we talked about Cordwell's Essenstein's finding, who's uh, one of the leading cardiologists in the United States, and that it did reverse um, heart disease and help endothelial function. I think, for example, if I, for example, gave every example, whether it's a scientific study or, for example, gave you actual real clinical studies, whether it be the Pansia study or the Harvard Nurses Health study or, you know, a lot of these different studies, if we, or the seven-day Adventist studies that we discussed before, if we, if I gave you them and, for example, every single one you said, oh, that's not true, then, but it, but this is again. There was multi, it it's multifactorial. So so how have they have they like putting people in a lab? Even if yeah. you do an observational study, so, to put people in a lab and say right, okay, you've you've got heart disease, mm-hmm. and all all you've done, the only thing you've changed to um, to reverse the heart disease is by eating plant-based foods. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the only thing you've done. There's obviously, at the same time, if someone gets heart disease, mm-hmm. they're going to be making a hell of a lot other lifestyle changes. Like, it, and it doesn't surprise me that it's going to potentially stop or whatever it is, mitigate heart disease or whatever by yeah. switching over to eating more whole foods. That's obviously going to contribute to that. But what about the other... I haven't heard anything about the other lifestyle changes they've made and all the other factors which they never include in these studies. Yeah, so this was why. this was tested for, particularly in Cordwell Assistine's study. And what I would say is, is then to the listener, um, since, you know, obviously you know, you rebut is, is the, for the listener to check these studies out and also read the material. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, we'll include some studies cause I've got, there's heaps of, um, you know, conclusive studies, observational studies that mm-hmm. I can, I can include in the show notes anyway, cause obviously we're going to have our own bias as well. Right. And there's going to be, I think the bias, what's <clears throat> interesting about the biases you see is, is that I've made a change where you have, yeah, but you haven't same. reversed heart disease. Have you, That's yeah. what I'm trying to, you haven't reversed heart disease. You made a change for health, yeah. but obviously you, you yourself having reversed heart disease, right? So I've reduced. This is, this is a specific I've, study, but if we talk about health. With myself, you mean between myself specifically? Have I reversed yeah. heart disease? But yeah, if we, you said about staying on topic, though. If we're talking about, you know, what most people are going to throw, like most of the listeners are not really yeah. thinking about reversing heart disease, right? Even though that's a great study to look at, let's look at what's going to be optimal for most people. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, based on my experience so and most of the studies. If, if we said, okay, well, what is optimal for most people? I would say that we had up to 47,000 deaths of cardiovascular disease in Australia here alone. And by age 75, 36%, almost half people have, da- uh, have actually had a heart attack, from, which is preventable. That's a preventable lifestyle disease to which you say, okay, let's take in smoking, let's take sleeping into account. I say diet is the biggest thing. Well, why so, why is that the biggest so, thing? Then? So, let, me, let me ask you. That's so one you, factor you, out of many, you, So are you honestly saying that diet is not the biggest factor to disease? It's one pathology? of the contributing factors to all of the other things which come yeah. into it, right? So how, how do we know that it's directly diet? Yeah. Sleep, we all so know sleep is the foundation, we, right? So we, people, are not, people, are not, people are not dying over 45,000 people. Are but they're, not being, they're, most of them are overweight as well. Just, that's why I Let's let's take your point. Let's take my point. Forty-five thousand people are not being having heart attacks 
from a lack of sleep. And it's not like normally we're all over, going overeating. Not, yeah, they're normally eating so many calories. Yeah, and where, but where, where are the calories coming from? What we've got to understand is, is that, say, for example, if we oh. filled up three stomachs here right now and we stuck animal products in one stomach, we stuck fruit and vegetables in another stomach, and then we stuck oil, so for example, canola oil, sunflower oil, um, different olive oil, okay, in another stomach, what you would see is that the stomach that is full is the one with the least amount of calories. So if we're talking about weight gain, something that they particularly looked in the Panacea study, they found that animal products are a good contributor to weight gain, and they also isolated this. Yeah, okay, but, but, these are yeah, controlled but, trials. But these are controlled animal animal products. Are, yeah, 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 but the animal products. Are, but what else are they eating? That's what I'm trying to say. People who eat those kind of animal so products you, are generally they're, they're generally overweight. They're not getting up mm-hmm. and eating you know a grass fed steak and yeah. vegetables. Generally, they're eating hot dogs and McDonald's and lots of processed right, foods. Right, so that's meat products. That's animal products. Yeah. So yeah, our diet is laced with animal products, and no one questions it. And we say it's sugar and we say it's carbohydrates. Then we look around the world and we look at the cultures that are eating the most amount of carbohydrates. And they're actually... They also eat a lot of processed meats. If you go go to Thailand and everyone's eating all the rice, and then how many fat Thai people do you see? Very few. If you go... But they also eat fish and stuff as well. I'm trying to say that's not a great argument because they eat in all sorts of things. They're not just just eating rice. Yeah, but it's vast vast majority. 80% of their diet is carbohydrate. If we go to Okinawans, the part of Japan where the vast majority of their diet is yams, it's mm. potatoes. They're all lean. But um, they also move a lot as well, and also the rela- like relationships come into it as well. The, you know, if you if you having relationships, if you're having poor relationships in life, right? If you're yeah. having, um, you know, say for example, you haven't got the right people, you've got stress going on. People really are it, dying of a broken heart. Hey? No, no, I'm just saying though, it it contributes to health issues, right? The equ- yeah. it's the equivalence. If you've got poor relationships, or if yeah. you're not, if you've got issue chronic stress. Um, some studies have shown us the equivalence to smoking, you know, fifteen okay. cigarettes a day. So there's all these different factors which come into I it. I would say it's a lifestyle, not just mm. like they have meat in their diet. So let's say that's why they're ill. I think they're still would, just jumping the gun with it personally. Yeah, yeah. I would say though, in terms of, for example, their problem in terms of dietary problems, Thailand do not have the dietary problems that we have. In terms of, we need to look in the West. We need to look at what the problems are happening in the West, not just Thailand. Thailand, in terms of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer, is far greater in the United States, Australia, and Europe. Mm. And we are eating the most amount of products. We're eating the products of affluence because through lobbying, we can go to the supermarket and buy what was once aristocratic, mm. what was once uh, meat, what was once meat-centric. We are very meat-centric. Let's let's look at processed foods, and John. I see where you're going the, with this, but. Let's no, 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 let's, no, no, let's talk about because these finish. people are probably in processed foods, though. That's yeah, what I'm trying to well, say. No, yeah, 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 not yeah, just meat. Absolutely. No, we're, there's, away from no what doubt, else there's, there's a lot you and I will agree on, Matt. And in terms of, for example, they are eating a lot of processed foods. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is causing a lot of problems within itself. I mm. think also eating a lot of um, monocrop foods can mm. cause a lot of problems in itself. That I take for I, I take that on board too. But that is not a vegan problem. You know, that is a our problem, that is a personal problem between you, I, and the rest of the nation. It's not just vegans that are eating these foods. We are all eating these foods, yeah, regardless yeah. of lifestyle. And that is a problem, yeah. But, but it, Yeah, so, but let the conclusion, let's conclude, because we want to move on to the game changes as well. Let's conclude a little bit what we're saying, right? 
So what, what we need to say to state to the listeners is like what you're talking about is the, the, the problem we're facing now is an obesity epidemic and Absolutely. people are more sick than ever, right? Yeah. So like I'm sure a lot of people will hope, hopefully agree with what I'm saying. Like for us to say that meat is the main cause of this, right, would be completely ignorant of us, right? Because of all the other things that come into it, what else are they doing? Yeah, yeah. But what they do find, I'll agree with you, they do because they find that people who have heart disease and that kind of stuff yeah. we were talking about, um, they tend to eat more meat. But those same people tend not to exercise as much. They tend not to look after themselves as much. They're overweight, right? right? So or being, ob- you know, being obese and overweight can, makes you more susceptible to like, you know, 13 different types of cancer. You know what I mean? It's being overweight, not moving enough, um, eating, you know, not nourishing the body enough in general, uh, which seems to be causing a lot of these issues with, uh, with heart disease and obesity and um, autoimmune illnesses. Um, it does for us to say that it's, um, it's just meat causing that problem. Problem. Um, and obviously to say that, you know, um, a plant-based diet will reverse heart disease. Um, it's already been, it's already been quashed though. It's already kind of been it has like, cause it's all, they're old studies mm. and new studies have shown on millions of people on, uh, 16 different studies on like two and a half million yeah. people that meat does not cause those yeah. problems. I am. Um, I assure you. I mean, we, we, I think we should either, you know, agree yeah, to disagree, yeah, yeah, agree yeah, yeah. to disagree yeah, on something. Cause definitely. I would, I would stay here hand on foot to say that the only diet that has shown to reverse and prevent heart disease and include reverse diabetes has been a plant-based whole food diet. Okay. Um, and my conclusion would be that just doesn't really make much sense, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. Um, you can, you, you can to, add the study. We'll include I'll have to it send though. you the books. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. And we'll add we'll add a few different studies for the listeners anyway to give yeah. both of our points into the into the notes. But what was your thoughts anyway, Mikey, on the um, on the on the Game Changers podcast? What was your overall overall take on it? Yeah, for sure. Is in terms of it was very interesting. What I actually found more interesting about the Game Changers itself was actually also the critics and the the debunkers. I mean, you always knew we weren't going to get a scientific discussion when we hear the word debunk. You know, mm. I don't think any scientist would use that word. No. Um, but in terms of, I found it a very interesting, um, interesting watch. I think I think a lot of people that are debunking it, it's also very interesting to watch. Mm. Um, in terms of the uh, the game changes itself, um, what it was essentially showing was that it was doing no harm to be plant based, and that plant based athletes can compete against omnivorous athletes. And I think what happened is, is in terms of, like, say, the omnivorous cl- crowd. They were very offended by the idea um, that you know a plant-based athlete could compete on the same field as a, an omnivorous athlete. Yeah, you know, and in terms of that, it really naffed off a lot of people. Yeah, but that's what it showed. And I mean, in terms of say, when we take a look at a lot of athletes on today's field. What, what you're actually having a look at is a reductionistic idea to sports performance. And what plant-based movement does is it requires, it brings in a level of holistic practices, you know, to athletes. And I think a lot of athletes are making changes or, you know, certainly taking note of, mm. of that. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah and, you know, some of it, it was, it was very well produced. And I thought the way they, the way they put it together was, uh, was very good, but, the way I look at it is, um, you know, there's a difference between, you know, like facts and kind of like propaganda, right? So like any documentary though, right? Um, a documentary should be showing obviously two sides to the story. Now, obviously we're not going to get 
the meat eaters, uh, you know, because the majority, let's face it, if you could, if you could put like a survey together, mm. the majority of top level athletes are mm-hmm. omnivores, right? They eat some meat. Let's talk but about this. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. But um, obviously, because they were kind of cherry picking out certain athletes, like, let's talk about um, our viewpoint, for example, talking. And I think that was, I think it was good if they could have concluded with that with the fact that, you know, um, eating a vegan, a healthy plant-based diet, right, um, is fine. You can still thrive and showing different athletes thriving and achieving. Um, if that was all they showed, that's great. But the way they did it, it was they tried to subtly demonize meat again, which is what I, um, I'm not a massive fan of. Let's talk about the, um, the Nate Diaz and, uh, Colin McGregor, um, fight. Obviously, Nate Diaz is, um, he, he eats fish and eggs anyway, right? That's one thing I want to clear up, which they didn't in the documentary. Um, he does eat fish and eggs. Um, he cuts a lot of animal products out when he uh, leads up to, to fights. Um, but generally, he does eat fish and eggs, eggs a lot of the time. Um, and obviously, we had... What, what, what source did you get that from? Because as far as I'm aware, he's very outspoken on veganism. Yeah, but he's admitted, though. He's admitted, I can't... I haven't actually seen it, but I've heard several times of respectable people that he's right. actually admitted eating fish and eggs. So, yeah, I, I would never, ever trust anything that I've heard off somebody mm. else without doing yeah. the research. No, I've done I've done a bit, but even, even regardless of that, even if, let's yeah. just say, okay, I wasn't up to date on my thing and he does eat all vegan, yeah. let's look at the other factors like for for, for example mcgregor right and i just want to clear this as well mcgregor beat him in a rematch right so yeah nate diaz beat him in the first fight yeah and mcgregor was eating meat yeah um but the thing is obviously mcgregor also um had to come down a weight he had short notice for the fight he came down for he came down a weight and he had to grind to get in the ring and also um nate diaz really stylistically um and as a fighter in general is he was better than him on the day right so i mean most people know this who watched it anyway that to, to actually say that it was because he was on a vegan diet that he beat mcgregor, and mcgregor come back and then beat him anyway yeah i think you know they didn't think they cherry picked certain yeah. stuff out you know what i mean this, data it, it comes from a perception and a viewpoint you see Mm. Again, what what this was showing was that it was not doing him any harm being plant-based and that it could also improve his performance, which it did. Um, It's not necessarily about cherry-picking or throwing a, a, a certain story down the viewer's neck again the the point in the film was about that it, you can be plant-based and still compete on the highest level which it did mm. yeah, and yeah, in terms great. of that the, it didn't do nate diaz any harm being vegan and he beat conor mcgregor in that once so it's it's not saying it, it it's very easy to get confused and to say oh it's propaganda it's it's showing it, i see what they're doing here they're throwing this down our neck it was showing that it is possible to be plant-based and to still compete at the mm. highest level, which it did. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And it, it did show that. But the only mm. thing is, is because the way they were showing like McGregor eating meat and what they were doing was certainly saying that, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be superior eating a vegan diet mm-hmm. as an athlete. And it's like, well, that's not the case because, you know, most elite athletes, they so didn't show you any other let's, athletes let's who are omnivore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, so they were, if they were to show like a, in a, a really documentary, yeah, yeah. If, if they were to show, for example, like a documentary should be showing two sides of the story, right? So if they were to show you some, um, omnivore um, mm-hmm. athletes let's say thriving yep. and maybe uh, let's just say a UFC fighter beating a, a vegan and to say okay you can thrive off both and it's uh, there's lots of individual variances yep. everyone's different but and, and, it, and like you said before as well Mike what I think they should have included more of is what were they eating as yep. well that would have been good yeah uh, my criticism of the film would have been um, yeah definitely it would have been more interesting to stick to the athletes and what they were eating but let me just go back to that point 
that you made. Yep. Um, you were mentioning, well, there's a lot of omnivorous athletes that are doing incredibly well, so show me the evidence that there's a problem. And that is very true. You know what I mean? There's, you, can't, you cannot say mm. that um, uh, being omnivorous leads to poor performance. Mm. Absolutely not. Mm. I don't think anybody, nobody is saying that. Mm. Um, and what you're saying is, is um, another point of, to reverse that would have been said, okay, well, if veganism is so great, tell me where are all the athletes? You know what I mean? Where are the athletes on the yeah. top stage who are vegan? If it's veganism is so mm. good sport performance, where are they all at? Yeah. What, what that really is, is actually a game of statistics. Mm. Is in terms of veganism is a very quickly growing culture, okay? It's a very quickly growing thing. Mm. But it's still growing. And in terms of per capita, per one, it's very small. And so if we, if then if we brought that into, like, say, for example, whether it be MMA, subculture, bodybuilding, subculture, and then we also brought another subculture, veganism, okay, because omnivore is the dominant thought process around this, is, is that you are, you're talking about something as rare as rocking horse shit, you know, is in terms of someone being a vegan at the very top in today's society who is either an MMA artist or a, a, a sprinter or a, it, it's rare. Mm. It's, a, it's a currently a growing thing. It is rare. Look at Richie yeah. Roll, isn't it? He's, he's a, a prime example of yeah. an absolute anomaly, right? Because they also, on that note, they also showed that um, elite, is an ultra marathon runner in the, in the, in the documentary as well. Yeah. But, but like, I don't know if the listeners know who Richie Roll is, right? But he is a prime example, right? He's a vegan. He's absolutely thriving. He is um, some of the, give, give me the, give us an example of some of the, he does like ultra uh, yeah, so he does ultra marathons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's um, he's a very fit guy, but yeah, he does ultra marathons. Um, there's a lot of different athletes, and there's also some athletes that um, are not vegan. And again, we you know we use the word vegan. Some so vegan is an ethical principle. Mm. You know, some might not be vegan, but they might be plant based. Plant based. Yeah, distinguish and, that and, for us. Yeah, because yeah, that's an yeah, interesting yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of, and some might not be vegan or even consider them plant based, but they may consider themselves uh, plant based during playing season mm. for example take a look at say for example Tom Brady out of season Tom Brady he's known to be a little bit of eggs and a little bit of chicken mm. but in playing season he eats plant based whole food mm. predominantly throughout the whole season mm. and there's many athletes that do do that yeah. there's also many athletes that also bring ethics along for the ride and they say mm. they're vegan mm. and there's a lot of that the, say they're plant based exactly. you know what I mean and that's the thing obviously it's an agenda driven uh, documentary like most documentaries but if you look at who's behind it, you know, they're primarily all plant-based eaters or all, all vegans yeah. and they have, um, you know, financial interest. Yeah. yeah, financial interest in settlement companies like uh, I think it's James Cameron and stuff like that. So obviously they've got an agenda. So, you know, they're going to, in a way, they're going to be showing you what they want to show you to a certain extent. They're not going to, if they're trying to sell vegan supplements or whatever they're trying to sell, they're not going to show you people who are thriving on an omnivore diet and other athletes who maybe certain athletes eat a lot of red meat and, um, they're breaking records and thriving and stuff, you know? So I think it's always going to be a case of, um, you know, it's always going to be a little bit of a bias in most 100%, documentaries, right? 100%. And that's, yeah. that's the reason why we're watching them. For example, you couldn't come up with a comprehensive documentary mm. that showed veganism versus uh, omnivorism. You know, you, mm. you, the, the, you can imagine what that documentary would look like. It would never hold the viewer's attention. Mm. It, mm. It, it, there wouldn't be enough time in one documentary to discuss that. And also the, the other second point is, is, is 
that this was about game changes. This was about the, the about plant-based veganism living. Just like, for example, there is a documentary on um, Netflix about the keto dieters. Now, I wouldn't watch that expecting to see anything about veganism. Yeah, yeah. That is about keto diet. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and so, for example, you know, in terms of biases, you know, I don't think James Cameron went into this documentary um, thinking. Oh, um, I'm going to make a spare buck. He, he is worth seven hundred million dollars, mm. American. Mm. You know, and he's so, passionate about it as well. Right? He's so he's passionate, about, he's passionate about a plant-based eating. He's passionate about the environment. He wants to help climate change mm. and also help animals. So in terms of that, he he yeah, he brought out a documentary that he's passionate about mm. and helped fund it. Now, obviously, it's James Wilkes's documentary, but he helped fund it because he mm. believes in the project just as I would if I you know if something mm. similar came along, just mm. as you. You would if something yeah. similar came along with exactly whatever philosophy you believe in definitely you made a good point then though about um about getting people's attention right so yep. let's talk about what they've done it's it's quite smart certainly smart with the erection uh experiment for example yep. right so obviously they, they got three people um you know so they didn't get you know lots of people they got three people and they obviously done an overnight study so, um, and then they showed that the people who eat more plant-based foods, uh, sorry, the people that, what was it? The people that ate the, uh, the plant-based burritos, was it? They had, uh, yeah, they had harder erections. They had harder so, and longer erections. So, so yeah. I just, on, on that note though, I mean, like if you were going to do, that's not a study, right? That's just an observation. And obviously it was done by eye. They put it yeah. in a tube. It was more cloudy. Like obviously you, you would, I surely agree with the fact that like if they were going to do a study, at least they would get, I don't know, a bunch of uh, yep. plant-based eaters for a month and then get them to eat meat um, and then and monitor every day yep. their boners, <laughs> right? Yep. Like they would do it in a way where it's going to be more long-term, more varied, more people um, rather than just... Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, in terms of, you know, erections or penile function, yeah. it is a good indicator in terms of cardiovascular health, as often they say that in terms of erections or lack of getting one is often the canary in the coal mine when it comes to cardiovascular health. And what a lot of people also don't realize is, is that when people have um, uh, erection problems yeah. is, is, is that it's actually, you know, if it's not psychological, it's often actually indicator of heart disease. Yeah. So that's poor, when people need to go and checked out. Yeah, poor yeah. health. Yeah, yeah, poor health you know? in general. Yeah, yeah. like the, it, it, that can be one indicator, but yeah. it, it could be several uh, things going on. If, whether it's, like you said, psychological is one thing. Mm. Psychological stress can cause that. But talking about physical health, mm. any kind of physical health ailments you have going on, whether that's, um, you know, you've got issues with your immune system and maybe you've got some stuff going on there. Or once again, going back to the fact that you've got poor sleep, you've got some sort of chronic stress or inflammation, Anything like that is, is obviously if your body's not in a position where it wants to reproduce, much like a woman, maybe going off on one a bit here, but like a woman who doesn't stop getting her period at a young age, normally in, an indication of not being very healthy, right? The body thinks we better stop reproducing. We're not healthy enough. And I think you can relate that to, you know, guys who get erectile dysfunction, where yep. if it's a physical problem, it could be heart disease. It could be several things, but um, I yep. mean surely it wouldn't just be one factor causing that, would it? For sure, for sure. But in terms of it's, it's a good look in terms of like, say, for example, um, uh, blood flow to the penis is a good example because those arteries run off and go directly to the heart. So it's mm -hmm. very easy 
area to look at is in terms of heart health, specific to heart health, mm. just as it is, for example, oral health is very, very linked to gut health, mm. you know, so is in terms of looking at heart health mm. and particularly, um, you know, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. And in terms of James Wilkes, in terms of the game changers, they were looking at endothelial function. Yeah, that's right. And what, what it's shown is, is that, for example, obviously plants, they come with a lot of protective properties, but also they are very low in saturated fat mm. okay and this is where it helps open reopen up the arteries to which dr esselstein's studies have clearly shown in the cleveland clinic in the united states but once again though there's there's nothing to show that you know we, we, we can it's all related what we're talking about but there's there's nothing to show that like i think heart disease behind cancer i think that's the second that's second in line kills um Cancer number one, then heart disease. Then I believe autoimmune illness has caught up with that now as well. But um, everyone knows that there's no one direct cause mm. of these things, right? There's several There's several things which come into it. So obviously talking about heart disease, we keep talking about that. Bodies, I just wanted to state bo- to the yeah, listeners that like, if you're eating meat, so like, I, I just don't want the listeners to panic and think, oh shit, I'm eating meat, heart disease. And, you know, because there's, there's so many. I mean, that's the... Just, it's not even something that I personally would say yeah. to worry about. Like, obviously, if you eat more plant-based foods, though, I would say that's going to be a good thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Our bodies, our bodies, very forgiving. Mm. incredibly forgiving yep. um, disease does not happen overnight you know for people to go and say oh my god I'm, eat, I'm eating meat yep. um, well you know it, it, disease doesn't happen overnight but it does happen over time you mm. know what I mean and in terms of like say for example the disease pathways we need to look is in terms of it's what happens over the long period of time mm. but it, it does seem very in terms of our society when you take a look at statistics and mm. um, the, there's a great saying by Mark Twain who was a philosopher in the United States and he said that when you are on the side of the majority, it's always a good thing to question, mm. you know? And in terms of in today's society, it's never a good thing to be well-adjusted to a sick society. If we take a look around, majority of people are not well, mm. okay? 100%. The vast majority. And yeah. my family have always been involved in medicine, all right, in terms of my family background. And in terms of the amount of people that are not well, either from heart disease that is the number one, diabetes that is the number two, and cancer that's quickly the number three, but in climbing. In terms of those things, it's not a good thing to be adjusted to our society, I would say. Mm we need to change. Hmm. Um, so your overall, it's good though, because we, we're dropping lots of knowledge bombs here. We might be going off, you know, on little twists and turns, but overall, just to wrap it up, in comparison to other plant-based documentaries like What the Health and whatever, mm-hmm. what would be your final take on The Game Changers then? Yeah, my final take on The Game Change. well, my criticisms, let's deal with yeah, the criticisms. Yeah, yeah, go on. My, my criticisms are, are, as you said, as we discussed before, I think what they could have done, and hell, I am no documentary producer, you know, mm. I'm not saying I could do a better job, but what I think that they could have done would have been definitely showing people, you know, show people what foods you're eating. Mm. What, you know, take Ask Morgan Mitchell, what do you typically eat in a day? Mm. Because I know, for example, from my transition and my change during my time, it was, well, I'm making this change, but I have hell no idea. You know, okay, I'm going to be more plant-based. I've seen the evidence. I've seen what it happens to the environment, the animals, et cetera, et cetera. I'm feeling, you know, better trying to eat more plants. But what effect, um, uh, you know, what does it even look like? What does a day's food even look like? I was mm. very confused because you're going through a change that you've never done before. It's experimental. You don't mm. necessarily know where it's going to lead. So I reckon, you know, to show people what foods they were eating mm. would have been very helpful. 
Yeah. From yeah. a visual standpoint, people learn through visual, all right? So I think in terms of that, that would have been a good point. I also think that when we looked at the Tennessee Titans, who were, the team had predominantly gone vegan, all right? Or plant-based, mm. any way you want to put it, mm-hmm. okay? Is that um, they were showing you foods that, you know, you and I would probably say, um, and I understand why they did that. It was to show that you can still have the same foods, the same tastes, the same textures as the food that you love now, but be plant-based. So I understand why they did it, but they should have shown a little bit more about whole foods versus the junk foods. And as you saw with the Tennessee Titans, they were eating like, say, a lot of bur- like plant-based burgers. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because so, it's not a great thing to promote, is it? You know what yeah, I mean? so like, say, for example, you know, I don't necessarily have a, a problem with its promotion from an ethical standpoint. And to be honest, um, as a now and again treat, just mm. as it's a now and again treat yep. for an omnivore, I don't have a problem upon its, you know, lifestyle, okay? Mm. It's been put in there now and again, and it's a good transitionary food, all yeah, right? If it was every if, now and then, that'd if be there's, great. If there's one of your listeners that was like, okay, I'm going to have to take a look into this and I'm going to start making some changes, um, it might be a good transitionary food right. to go into my whole... You take somebody who's eating a lot of meat, as I was, okay, mm. and a lot of, like, salt, etc., you know, etc., etc. It might be a lot of foods that might not be necessarily the healthiest. Mm. And you tell that person to become whole food, plant-based vegan, mm. all of a sudden, this food, it tastes so different. To that. You're talking about changing someone's taste yeah. buds. Yeah, yeah, it's a drastic change, isn't it? It's yeah. a big change. Definitely, yeah. That's why I would say, for example, I mean, it's for some One people... One step at a time. Yeah, some people do change overnight, mm. and that's fine, you know what mm. I mean? But a gradual approach mm. is... Yeah, is, definitely. If you are going to change in that direction... Mm. Slow, slowly and surely, and they're just, just... Yeah, slow and steady. steady just steady. start adding Don't more. make drastic changes. People make drastic changes, and they do, oh my God, I feel yeah. so different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you've gone, from, you've gone from little fiber to 100% fiber. Mm. Or from like mainly processed foods, the whole food. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah and, it's, it's, and like you said, it's not really just that we can talk about this now. Anyway, it's not very uh, sustainable, you know, to, to do that generally for most people because you've gone from one extreme to another. Yeah. And as you, as you just said, then is slowly, slowly. added and changing behaviors. Yeah. But um, I guess my overall take was uh, on the game changes was it's just a little bit disappointing. What frustrates me is is the fear mongering. So like trying to make like the whole erection thing and, yep. and trying to make people scared because that's what happens. A lot of people then are driven mainly by fear to make these changes or mm-hmm. not everyone, but some people might be driven by, Oh, you know, I want to eat more plant-based foods, which I think by the way, it's not all It sounds like it's all negative for me. I think if you can take that away from the documentary, eat more plant-based foods, amazing, more whole foods. Um, but, um, I feel like it's, you know, to put people in a state of fear to, to change over, you know, bringing a whole, like I said, the whole, the, the erection thing and how to, all that kind of stuff. I think, firstly, it's it's just I don't think it's it's a nice way to do it. But secondly, I think if they want to actually make a sustainable change and get people to do this long term, I just don't think that's the right way to go about it because you know people generally, if they're driven by fear, mm. um, especially when it comes to change in the way they eat, it's not going to last very long, as you said, because they it's, go extreme with it. It's an interesting point you make. Right? You mm. know, to that, um, to what you would call fear, I would call awareness. You know, if we were in the '60s, imagine you and I, we were in our dad's place or maybe even our nan and granddad's to be a better you know in terms of time frame mm. if we had said to our nan and granddad who all predominantly they smoked in their generation the doctors mm. smoked they yep. encouraged smoking yeah they didn't even know it was bad they, they didn't, didn't even know it was bad long term studies yeah and then the idea that you know the idea of not smoking 
it was almost a threat to the establishment, mm. a threat to people's livelihoods. Mm. It's, it's throwing it down my neck. If we had said that, well, then we would be here now saying the very same thing. Mm. And we would have said that, you know, uh, fear-mongering, don't fear-monger me about cigarettes and, ca- and lung cancer. And so our awareness is changing and it's a changing thing. And, and in terms of like what we take for granted, every generation has learned ultimately a, an ultimate lesson in mm. its time. Every generation, our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, generations mm. prior to that, they've all had a big lesson to learn. And in terms mm. of awareness and not just scientific, so we, you and I, we could throw science at each other, mm. but also in terms of observing the world and in terms of observing not just health, but also out in nature in terms of observing ourselves and becoming more self-aware and aware mm. of the systems that we live in, mm. I think um, it, awareness is key. No, awareness is number one, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, people should be aware of lots of factors, you know. I think it's it's just a, it's a slow process, but as we said, slow and steady, mm. becoming more aware of, you know, like I always keep talking about sleep, but, you know, there's, all the studies are showing that it's, it's very, very important to get good quality sleep. So paying attention to that, maybe, you know, coming away from your phone and preparing yourself for a good sleep at night, maybe move it more because most people especially with the day and age we live in uh, technology you know most people are sat down for most of the day um, you know in front of a computer screen so maybe make an active um, effort to get up and move more and walk an extra half hour a day all these uh, fundamental things I think are really important for, for overall health and I think people should be more aware of these things 100% but um, as we were saying then just to, just to kind of wrap it up with the game changers I think um, you know as you say fear is one thing awareness is another thing um, but I feel like most people after seeing that because of the way they constructed it if they'd have put it together like the way you mentioned um, like they show more of what the athletes are eating they maybe show more variety and they show that you know you can still eat a plant-based uh, diet and be healthy it's totally fine Great. Um, but yeah, on that note, mate, I wanted to transition into, um, you know, like the food you eat and, you know, nutrient deficiencies and stuff, because, you know, um, one of the reasons to get you on this show is because I know a lot of people are probably thinking about maybe going vegan or eating more plant-based foods. Um, but I'd like to get some some knowledge off you, mate, mm. in terms of, you know, foods to eat and nutrient deficiencies yep. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, where do I start? You know, like, say, for example, um, you, you will have heard Meatless Monday, Mm, right yeah, yeah, yeah. meatless monday what i would personally do is i would if somebody was wanting to make a change you know and a gradual change i would throw that on its head yeah all right and i would say for example i would eat really like our ancestors would have eaten you know what i mean is in terms of eating more plants but reverse that you know from a hunter gatherer standpoint hunting animal products would have come in rarely plants would have come in very highly Mm -hmm. okay so for example i would throw that on its head and i would say for example if you were going to a couple of times a week eat animal products okay while you're transitioning and eat more plants throughout the week you know Mm. so you have whole plant-based days and then throw it on its head you know Mm -hmm. what i mean Almost like you've gone out, you've made a kill, okay? Yeah. Made a hunt. You know, you got to understand from my, from where I am. Yeah, sitting, you're making sense what you're saying. And yeah, my yeah. perception, you know, it's also a funny place to say that, but, you know, is in that you throw that on its head. And then for the gathering parts, which you would be gathering lots of plants, you do that on the daily. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You make that your, your go-to and your priority, right? Getting yeah. those plants in. And I did so, say off air, that's my go-to as well. I, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would throw that meatless Monday on its head. And I would say, you know what I mean? I would have meatless through, through, a lot throughout the week. Mm. 
And then in terms of like, say, foods, I would choose whole sources. There are whole sources of foods that you need to focus on, you know, part of any healthy diet. Mm. Whether you label that vegan, plant-based, or even omnivorous, mm. it's not to say that you can't use these plants. Plants are good for everybody, and we should all be eating more of them. But you look at fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, lentils, legumes, some nuts and seeds. Okay, so those five those five areas are areas that we want to be getting the majority of our nutrition from, mm. um, and to build our diet upwards from there. Mm. You know, as in terms of then you get all the phytonutrients, all the phytochemicals, lots of antioxidants, fiber, which we're very much missing in our society. It talks about being healthy. You know what mm. I mean? Because fiber is very important. It's not just about sweeping out and cleaning the colon mm. and reducing our instance of colonic cancers. Um, it's actually also it helps draw metals out of the body. So in terms of fiber is very important, mm. you know, particularly for gut health, especially gut health. Yeah, yeah and our microbiome that mm. you know the good bacteria that feed off that fiber, mm. and that ultimately, and also you know when we you know we, we had a discussion before about you know mental health. Yeah. And how imperative, how connected mental and gut health are. Yeah, yeah. Vital. You know what I mean? So in terms of also increasing our fiber intake, no matter who you are, mm. what you think, what you believe, increasing yeah. our fiber intake is going to do a good thing for Definitely. our bodies. Unless you say, you know, maybe you know, the most most people listening to this are going to continue to eat meat. That's the, that's the way it is, right? But um, I was just going to say, what would you what would you say for them in terms of, to, from a health standpoint now, you said more fiber. Give us an example of like your go-to like vegetables and fruits and stuff for, for fiber. What would you say to the listeners because yeah. even if they even if they are cutting down what they're eating meat yeah. wise they're going to start feeling better eating more plant based foods yeah so of course what would you what would you recommend in terms of like you know high fiber sources and so in terms of like say plants plants have got everything's got fiber in it yeah okay so that's where the game changes is in terms of in terms of from animal products it has a zero fiber mm. you go to animal products it's got everything's got fiber but in terms of great fiber source is confucius vegetables yeah okay yeah and in terms of like say for example broccoli kale pak choy mm. you know cabbage, um, yeah, cabbage yeah. you know all those have got fiber all vegetables have fiber in yeah, it yeah potatoes have fiber in it mm. you know what i mean and all the whole other grains have yeah fiber. phytochemicals antioxidants all yeah, the stuff yeah, yeah. You mentioned yeah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, and those those um, cruciferous vegetables you mentioned there, uh, they're always my go-to. You know, yeah. like I always feel that's the most noticeable change I get in terms of how I feel is that, and also I, I hate to say it, but red meat and animal offal does give me a big boost. Um, and what I would like to say as well is um, stuff like um, like cholesterol, for example. Yep. Um, you know, cholesterol, the, the types of amino acids as well you get in meats. Mm-hmm. We might as well talk about this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously... Let's start, let's start with one at a time. Let's go with cholesterol. Yeah, let's go with cholesterol, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So, for example, dietary, uh, dietary cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just talk about performance first, right? So um, it's been proven to, to help with strength and recovery, right? If you, because cholesterol, obviously the, a lot of the brain and the body is made up of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. It acts as a steroid hormone. Um, and just from my personal um, preference, for, uh, sorry, my personal experience, um, when I eat more, I, I eat some more red meat and some animal offal maybe once or twice a week, um, I generally, I feel better. There's a noticeable difference in, in everything from my libido to my performance in the gym. Um, even when I was prepping for, for my competition, I was eating more red meat than I usually do. Uh, grass-fed red meat, though not, you know, um, you know, factory farm and all that kind of crap and grain-fed. It's, it, was, it was grass-fed, good quality meat. 
And it's a noticeable difference. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty in tune with my body and, um, you know, I feel incredible when I eat those foods. So just, sorry, just talking about cholesterol, um, obviously it's, that's another thing that's been demonized over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with cholesterol, you know, it has, it has been proven that, yes, if you have a certain type of cholesterol, uh, too much of it, just to simplify it, it can become embedded in the arteries. Um, but what they find is there normally has to be, um, there's normally inflammation present um, prior to that happening, whether that be from, like I mentioned before, several other lifestyle factors which could cause that, whether it's, you know, just not looking after yourself in general, chronic stress, you know, smoking, all those things. So um, to, to fully demonize the fact that the body produces, you know, about 70 to 80% of the cholesterol, that's about three to four egg yolks equivalents, um, the liver produces that tells us that it is a it is an important nutrient right we die without it so yeah give us your intake mate on um, on cholesterol because, yeah if yeah. we if we, my take is if we would die without it yeah i would be dead i oh, know because we produce it anyway yeah it's exactly. not to say not to say, oh, not yeah. to say we, ne- we necessarily right. yeah it, it gives you a boost in yeah. certain nutrients but we do yeah. produce it right so yeah we produce all the cholesterol we need um from our own liver um in terms of cholesterol in itself um, I it, I would say that we do, I would go with you know in terms of like say the cardio leading cardiologists you know thoughts on cholesterol is um, such as Kim Williams in the United States who's the president of cardiology I would say that in terms of cholesterol and this is where I've learned a lot of cholesterol through him I would say that we would we make all our own cholesterol and that we don't need to eat cholesterol to get cholesterol. But in terms of fat sources within the diet, we certainly need, you know what I mean? Mm. And so, you know, you can get like, say, for example, um, fats and a good omegas either through algae in, in our vegan diet or through hemp seeds, chia seeds, nuts, lots of different types of nuts and seeds. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. once again, you can get a high enough dose and the bioavailability is not the same. And obviously this has all been proven again in studies. You know, we all know that, you know, EHA and DPA, oh, sorry, is it um, EPA and DHA, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the omega-3 fatty acids you find in sources such as fish, um, are actually vital. You can't really get the same dose through, um, you know, through plant-based foods. It's very hard. Obviously, you could eat copious amounts of algae, mm-hmm. um, but generally, and it's, it's a, yeah, and seeds. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you you probably could, but whether or not you're going to optimize without, you know, when you're eliminating the best sources of those foods, right? Mm-hmm. So you see, like food, food comes as a package deal, you know, and that's also a, a big problem in today's society. Is we know, as we said before, we know more, but we have more confusion, and mm, a part of that absolutely. is because we have more information and we dissect food. We call food a carb, we call food a protein, we call food this cholesterol and this food and this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't look at it as a whole and thing. Food comes as a package deal. All right. So, for example, if I was going to get my amigas from certain foods that also came with that. Um, you know, saturated fat, cholesterol, heme iron, mm. you know, environmental toxins, mercury. I would choose the forms that would be least toxic, you know, and I would go to, for, you know, to certain foods, whatever they be, that do not have byproducts with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The way I look at it, it's just like a trade-off, right? It's because a tra- it's, it's, it's a trade-off. trade-off. Yeah, if you, if you can get like um, wild, if you can get proper good, but even like this is another conversation altogether, but even if, if you can get good quality wild, say Alaskan salmon, right? Mm-hmm. Great, that would have been great. But now obviously with the waters being so polluted with plastics, um, the, you know, it's not necessarily going to be 
necessarily going to be healthy going fish, forward. Like, you fish know what is I mean? a very interesting one, you know, in terms of fish. And the fish that we consume is also incredibly interesting when you observe because mm. we predominantly eat the top chain predators. Mm. Okay. This is, has a health consequences, but also has environmental consequences because we often go for the tuna. We go yeah, for the salmon. Tuna is one of the highest in mercury and yeah, um, salmon. arsenic. Yeah, yeah. yeah Salmon's yeah. nowhere near yeah, yeah, yeah. as bad though as, as tuna. Um, but, but yeah, we often go to the top level predators. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of what this ends up happening in our health is because with fish, obviously biotoxins increase up the chain. So when we mm. eat top chain predators, we are taking in more, obviously, as you said, the mercury, mm. Mm. a lot more um, environmental toxins. Whereas, for example, if you go to the bottom chain foods, yep. okay, uh, for example. Even if you like, let's talk about fish. Sa- let's sardines. just say sardines. Yeah, yeah just sardines. Say, say, for example, micro, sardines. Yeah, a lot less right. toxic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally. It would be less toxic. Yeah, all sure. Right. But just because it's less toxic doesn't mean it's, I would argue, doesn't mm. necessarily mean it's optimal. But in terms of, um, yeah, you, you know, you can get it all from plants. So I, would, mm. I get it from plants. And also, it's also from an environmental standpoint. You see, I mean, mm. the thing with fish is, is that fish is causing an absolute environmental problem in our oceans. But because mm. it's happening in our oceans, people don't see it. Mm. Um, but in terms of people knew what was happening in our oceans, you know, from, for example, um, catching tuna, mm. if they knew what was happening to dolphins, happening to whales, happening to turtles, mm. People, I think, would often make an alternative choice. Mm. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely a good point. But yeah, talking about what we were in terms of health, I think just to kind of summarise what we're saying because we're both on the we're both on the same. Oh, we have completely different views. Yeah, it's amazing, it, isn't it? We're, it's, it's, we're the same age, we're very similar background, but we yeah. have, we see the world in a very different way. A very different way, especially when it comes to yeah, in general, just the world, nutrition. I think the environment. I mean. Like that's like I was going to say that's another conversation. I think maybe the environment one um, we should talk about another time. But um, I need to I need to do my homework on that because you're. I mean, actually, I probably won't bother me because <laughs> you're so far ahead of me there. I'm just going to have to give me a couple of years to learn about that stuff. But no, talking about you know the the big rocks, I feel like I just don't want people to get you know lost in the weeds, right? I think the bottom line is right. You, you know, you laughed about the relationship thing earlier, right? Because you know I brought it up. But the the four pillars of health, right? You know, sleep, nutrition, exercise, and community, right? They're, they're all vital things. Community your relationships right yeah so if you can obtain as much balance as you can in those four areas right where you're you know you're doing you got a decent balance. You, you know, you're exercising regular. You know, you, you're eating whole foods for the most part. You've got decent relationships, and you know, you're, you're making your sleep a priority for the most part. I think that's what people are going to worry about. I feel like um, a lot of the time with these documentaries, you know, they a lot. Of, I, I think, like you said, with James Cameron, maybe he had the right he had the right um, idea in his head. You know, he's going out there, he's trying to show people that actually you can eat well. But I feel like a lot of the time, people then get lost in the weeds and they're panicking about things. When, for example, they're not, you know, they may they may be going out drinking every weekend. And then they're panicking about, oh crap, then I better just stop eating meat altogether straight away. Yeah. Whereas they're, they're not taking care of the big rocks, like yeah. which make you know, more think, of an impact. Yeah, it's what, it's what we do on the daily. You mm. know what I mean? So, for example, you know, I wouldn't advocate uh, drinking regularly all the time in terms mm. of alcohol, but it's what you're doing on the everyday choice, you know what I mean? On yep. the daily. Our body's yep. incredibly compound forgiving, effect, yeah. but it's the compound effect, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's, it's, it's actually the info, it's not the information that, that happens in one big hit, it's what happens very slowly over a mm. long period of time, you know what mm. I mean? That low grade level of information. And you also mentioned it, you know, before in terms of like, say, for example, we look at the blue zones in the world. Yeah, yeah. People where the most centenary, you know, cent- people living to 100. This is interesting. This is, yeah. Is in terms of, you know, you also mentioned things about, you know, community is very important. Mm. And it's very important. You know, that is also another, you know, incredibly, and people would laugh at this, but the idea yeah. of, of um, better health 
community and also that people need one another they need support networks mm, definitely interactions loneliness yeah loneliness That's is right. literally a killer it is it is and um, it's like it's almost like a new thing right it's relatively yeah. new really. loneliness is literally a killer and people who um i think also with mental health you know people who are alone and people who feel or feel alone yeah they perceive themselves to be alone i think i think that's also another massive you know a massive part of of our health problem Mm, yeah definitely and you talked about earlier off here you saw a point you made you brought up straight away which uh I found interesting as you said we were talking about social media and like the stuff we're doing and you know and you were like yeah but I like to be present right yeah you know I don't want to I try not to get sucked too much in because I want to be present and be here on yeah. this earth you know yeah. actually you know taking it in and yeah, you know right. being present with people that are actually close to me talk to us a little bit more about that Mike and what you do for your mental health to keep yeah, yourself sure. in check I am um, uh, I think mental health just like diet just like training anything it needs discipline you know what I mean? It requires it requires you to be on one on one with yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. And for example, you know we use mobile phones, you know, really to get more connected to one another. Mm. But in a sense, it's also uh, disconnected us to some degree. We we are connected with the other person on the side of the earth. We may be talking to somebody over in California, but we're not connected with the person that's right next to us. You know, mm. and I think we need to also be disciplined with that. It's all right to use mobile phones, and it's all and it's not just all right. It's fantastic. It's amazing. You know, in today's world, that we can actually use these implements. That actually mm. we can have a conversation with someone on the other side of the earth but I think it's also important just to remember that you know uh, to put the phone down now and again or mm. to put the telly down or put whatever it is we all have like say even it, these things can also even roll into addictions or mm. any of these things I think it's important to you know put them down and also remember you know where you are with who you are with yep. you know and, and spend more time actually with people creating community Yeah, and I, you know I think also I think that's also the awesome thing also in terms of like say you know the plant-based way that's, that's occurring at the minute is it's created a huge community when I a big a big pull off of me ever going down this road that I have gone I remember was what is my family going to think of me Mm. what my friends going to think of me Mm. And how am I going to be viewed upon this society? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. How are they going to view me? Yeah, yeah, Saying sure. that I am, um, I think differently to you. You mm. know what I mean? Would you say even and, in that time? I just, sorry, I just want to talk to uh, about that quickly because over the last six years, you've been plant based yeah. now, right? And over that time, you were saying earlier actually things have changed a lot, right? So yeah. now it's almost like it, it, this is a bad thing. That really, I'm sure you'll agree with this. It's almost becoming cool. You said earlier, uh, you know, veganism and plant based are almost like separate things now, yeah. and it's like kids are uh, to the point now where kids in school certain schools are getting um, kind of bullied for eating meat and stuff so things have changed a lot right Mike over the last if you'd have come out like and said now you know right I'm going to go plant but let's just say you were still a meat eater you watched the uh, game changers you thought right I'm going to try it you probably wouldn't be worrying as much about what people think right because it's more accepted it's amazing you know in the time that it's it's been you know my change even six years ago which really on scale of time is a blink of an eye yeah but six years ago versus now, it's even, you know, the choices that you have now, even compared to six years ago, yep. is incredible. And, I, you know, I've got a lot of friends also in the bodybuilding community who've been doing it for 20, 30 years. Mm. So, you know, back then it must have been you yeah. know, crazy. But it's just a change. Yep. And with, with all, it, change takes time, you know what I mean? Yep. And the thing about veganism, veganism is an ethic. It's a principle. And, and from a vegan perspective, which is altered to a plant-based perspective, it's a little bit different. Mm. Vegan brings in ethics. Plant-based is about health and nutrition. Mm. It's about food. Yep. All yep. right. So in terms of, like, say, vegan, it, it's it's changing the way that we view animals and to see that, you know, we've used um, our relationship with animals has been used on exploitation. 
And it's about changing that. And it's about changing our relationship with animals. Mm. And, you know, if veganism is made cool, I think that's awesome. Because mm. if compassion and love in this world, you know, and love for all beings, you know, mm. I think peace on earth is for all beings. It's not just for humans. Mm. I think that's an awesome thing. Yeah, definitely. 100% you know? agree with that. And I wanted to say as well about, um, you know, it sounds like I'm being insensitive when it comes no, to the, right. yeah no no when it comes to the the moral standpoints and the and the ethics right uh, I said to you off here you know I have a lot I had admire people who who cut it out for ethical reasons right I know you've done it for health reasons yeah. initially right yeah um, but now you you're in tune with with the whole spectrum right and I just feel like you know um, for me I would I would I, although I'm eating meat now I choose better sources right so whether it's grass fed like the animals have been more looked after right right factory farming all that kind of stuff right. It's, it, it, it kills me. I can't, I can't even bring myself to watch one of those things. You know what I mean? I just yeah. wanted to put that out there that, like, you know, yeah. I do think about them. I mean, I, I would never go and eat processed meats, all that kind of stuff, yeah. where it's factory farmed and they haven't been looked after yeah. and the cruelty, it breaks me, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. I think what you're saying there is is the first signs of uh, changing in terms of not yourself, but the population. Mm. The population that, uh, it, the game changers did three, you know, three things, you know. One, it already ch it changed people, that mm. people did a 360. Some people, they did, okay, you know what, I'm going to cut back. Okay, on the amount of animal products I'm eating. Yep. I'm still going to eat animal products, but I'm going to cut back mm. and I'm going to try and eat more plants. Mm. And then it did another thing where people just rebutted it. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, it isn't a total propaganda. It isn't a total, you know, there's not a, there's not a, a vegan cult. that we, do, we, don't, we don't pray to the holy broccoli. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, there's a reason this information is starting to come out more and more and people are starting to change. And whether you think, you know, that, you know, I'm still going to eat meat, but I'm going to cut back. You know what I mean? That in itself is a good thing. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a step forward, like it's you said. It's a step forward, yeah, all yeah. right? One and, thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I, for me personally, I'm a big fan of, of little changes. And if people can do that, you know what I mean, and try and cut back more and more, in terms of, like, say, when you put that change on mass, mm. when you think about effective change, and that doesn't deal with ideological change. Ideological change would be saying, that isn't good enough, Martin. And think about animals. Mm. Think about the environment. Think about yourself. Take me completely off your plate. All right, mm. that'd be ideology, okay? Yeah. And it's not. It's not even to say that that isn't true. Mm. But it's more religious way but, to look at it, but, right? Yeah. It's 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 it's, it's ideological, okay? So yeah. it's not to say that is it that isn't true. But if you, for example, in terms of being effective, sometimes what is what is true and what is effective is not always the same thing. And in terms of like say trying to be effective in terms of our messaging, in terms of if someone can just cut back. And, and then another person just cuts back. And then that person tells that person, they just cut back. Mm. Imagine how much of an impact that has mm. on our planet in Absolutely. terms of resources, healthcare costs, all these things. Everyone mm. starts cutting back. And ultimately, what it ends up becoming is, is that the people who start cutting back are actually the ones who end up changing the world. Because on capita, in terms of effective change, creating effective change, they are the ones that are actually you know, doing the, the most... You know what I mean? Because yeah. of capita. Mm. So, so healthcare, like you said about healthcare costs. It, it comes back to this, this saying that we don't need a thousand people doing things perfectly. Mm. All right? 
we need a whole population doing things imperfectly, but making an effort and making change. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. And that's important. That's an important point in terms of where we are today. Now, mm. further down the track, 20, 30 years time, that message might very well change. Mm. We might look back. We may look back today and do, wow, look what we used to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, look at what, look how we used to live. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But in terms of right now, you know, a message changes over time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like it has with every single movement that's ever yeah. come out. You know what I mean? And we've, ne- and we've never had a choice. We've never had, we've never been in a position. Now we're fortunate. We've got more food available to us than any other time in human, yeah. human history, right? For sure. And like we said about evolution, if, if you were a hunter-gatherer and you decided to become a vegan, you'd, be, you'd die. You'd be left behind. Uh, the, you know, the tribe would leave you and you'd starve to death, right? But nowadays we have that choice. And, you know, if we're talking about like healthcare costs and all that, I feel like, you know, I think the over, overall uh, overarching message for people is like, you know, um, look look after yourself for the most part and just that that is what, you know, because nothing's going to be worse for the environment than more and more sick humans, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's um, sorry, for the, for, the, for the healthcare system, I was going to say, and, and sorry. And from yeah. where I stand from, that is where we are at. Yeah. We yeah. are at more and more sick humans. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, it's not definitely. this thing that's coming. It's not this problem that's in the future. Mm. We need to create less, less sick humans. We have that problem right now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, when I was younger, I used to read a book and it was called, um, there's no such thing as a dragon. All right. And this, this, this book was essentially about this, this dragon that lived in a house and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the mother of the house ignored it. Mm. And essentially what this book was about is that we shouldn't ignore our problems. Mm. And in terms of today's world, we have, we have this problem here and now climate change is happening. Mm. You know, our, our pandemic epidemic with disease is happening. Mm. Uh, you know, oceans, species extension, they're happening. Mm. Mm. 100%. So there's, there's root causes to this thing and we need to be aware and look into them, why they are occurring and try and cut back and, and actually deal with the root cause, not these peripheries. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Good point, mate. Um, yeah, so just uh, I guess just to transition into uh, just one more thing now. Obviously, we've got this being quite a long podcast, but it's all good, mate. There's um, good conversation going on yeah. here. I'm enjoying yeah. it. But talking about training, Mike, right? Yeah. I wanted to get uh, pick your brain a bit on on training concepts because uh, obviously you know what you're doing. Um, if you could just uh, give us a little bit of an insight into you know people who want to get in good shape, they want to build muscle, you know, and they want to. Let's face it. I, like I said to you the other day, I want to be lifting weights the day I die, right? right. I want to build muscle. I want to, I want to, you know, looking good is now a side effect of, of good health and, and taking mm. care of myself. And that's kind of uh, part of my philosophy, but, um, how, how would you explain to people, um, you know, like the best way to train in terms of, in terms of lifting weights for most people? Yeah. I don't think there is a best way to train. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a best way to train. I think it depends what the person's goals are, what their needs are, yeah, what their current of, ability is. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, from an aesthetic standpoint, but, right? So most people listening want to build muscle, right? Yeah. So based on your experience, like... Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting, you know, listening to you with your high frequency training, you know, mm. the regularity of the muscle getting hit yep. very regularly. You know, I am a big believer also for my, me personally, I, I enjoy volume. I think every individual is, is a little bit different in terms yep. of, I think it's important to explore and find out what, what works for you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if you are someone who who really enjoys, you know, volume, mm. if you're someone who who is better with, you know, more um, higher percentage work in terms of intensity. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's it's a, um, it really does depend upon mm. the individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you say volume, do you mean more volume like per session, yeah? Mm. So you mean like, so do you, do you how, give us an example of how you train in terms of, do you do like split body part training or do you? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'll, I'll change it up, um, whether it's uh, either whole body session or 
or more in a split body style, mm. you know, training, you know, for myself. Um, and I also do like a lot of, you know, uh, barbell, dumbbell work, a lot of strength mm. work. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll vary in terms of like programming. I'll always, I'll always vary in terms of like rep set mm. schemes, mm. depending on what I'm working on, whether yeah. it's actually strength work or more hypertrophy. Yeah, I work. see. I see. Um, but I also, you know, something I've, I've learned more and more is also not just thinking about the body as a muscle, you know, mm. the, the muscles of the body, also thinking about the joints, the tendons, the ligaments, mm. you know, the connective tissue. Yeah. Cause you know, something that, that, um, we, a problem we often get into is, is that we end up having strong, good looking muscles. Yeah. All right, but in terms of the connective tissue is actually incredibly weak and mm. and, and and it's actually poor. Mm. You know what I mean? And there's no longevity in that, right? Because you, no sh- you should be yeah, if you're being smart about it. And uh, another concept I'd like to explore a bit with you as well. Like we talked about training frequency, and um, I just I think I feel like less is more, right? So first of all, before I go into that, right? Um, you know, we train. How many times a week do you train on average, mate? In terms of uh, lifting weights, it would be four days a week. Four days maybe, a week, maybe five. Yeah. But, um, to be honest, I, I try not go above that. I see. Because um, I find, like, say, for example, you're not just talking about, like, recovery of the body in terms of muscles. Mm. You're also talking about hormonal recovery. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? And that's something that's very important. And yep. in terms of it's so easy. Um, to cross uh, the line. It's so it? easy to cross that line. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And you, you're only going to progress as quickly as you can recover. Mm. You know, so I think finding strategies to recover quicker mm. and, and better is, yeah. is definitely, you know, beneficial. Smart. Yeah, definitely. For, long, for long-term, you know, 100% training. That, and that's what I was saying, you know, in, in a sense, for, for most people, I think, listening to this, you know, a lot of people are kind of on or off, right? Definitely. They're either going they have an he- health lever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're going health lever and, and doing, because a lot of people look at a workout um, as if it's, you know, a workout and it should be intense and I need to push myself. <laughs> but the way I look at it is like, you know, if you, I've noticed, you know, the way you train and stuff, um, it's like treating each exercise like a skill, right? Yeah, I always exactly. see you focusing on mobility and trying to, you know, and, and getting good at each skill. And I yeah. feel like that, that's what I meant by less is more, you know, focusing on the fundamental lifts and getting good at them. For sure. I feel like it's a game I think, changer. I think ultimately uh, what puts people at most demise um, is either lifting technique. They are not lifting with, you know, the right techniques. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's a big one in terms of plateaus, why people start to plateau a lot. Mm. Um, that I find always in programming, you know, I think that's a, a common, common uh, dilemma for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 The in, plateau. Yeah, for sure. Is it, but yeah, it's exactly right. You know, is in terms of, it's not necessarily what you, you know, it's not how intense you can go today or even this week. Mm. It's what you can consistently um, do throughout the, you know, a longer period of time, which yep. actually breeds the results. It's a consistency. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we always look to motivation, don't we? We, we you know, everyone always looks to motivation to maintain doing what they're doing. Mm. You know, how do you stay motivated? And it's not necessarily motivation. You don't need motivation. If you've got discipline yeah. or you've got consistency or if you you got yeah. a plan. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. exactly right. And it's the temporary state, right? I feel like that's that's what people are kind of uh, inundated with now is that yeah. all these motivational posts on social media or whatever. It's like that's a temporary state that doesn't last, you know. which is why um, I was going to say to you, for example, if someone could um, – because I, I always say the person who's going to train even two, three times per week yep. consistently, like you just mentioned then, the compound effect – uh, over the space of a year is going to be much more beneficial than someone who's on or off, right? Well, they'll do like five or six sessions or six or seven sessions in a week for a holiday and then they hit the off button. Yeah. So like if you were to train, say, two, three times per week, you notice I, I train the full body for the yep. most part. Yeah. Um, how, how would you train if you were to do like, say, three sessions in a week? Would you would you hit the body parts like twice in a week or would you just do yeah. like... If, if um, say, yeah, for example, say if I was going to hit, um, say, four sessions in a week... Yep. I would hit everything twice. Yeah, push-pull kind of thing, is it? 
Yeah. I get you. I get Push, you. Push, pull, legs. Yeah. Okay. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And then I would also think about like, say joint work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Taking things to end range, working yep. things to their proper range. And you know, like say for example, not just thinking about things as like say flexion, extension, up mm. and down. Yeah. Otherwise you end up very robotic. I also, you know, you know, you need to also work those joints through the range that they were designed to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, many of them rotate. Yeah. So you do know. you think mobility is really important then? Yeah, mobility is absolutely key, you know, is in terms of mm. um, giving you options, mm. you know, in terms of stressing different lines of tissue, mm. you know, not just, um, you know, not just, it gives the same flexion extension. It's mm. also, you know, getting things to move properly. Mm. It, 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 it helps hypertrophy. Mm. Mobility helps hypertrophy. If you can, yeah, if you, if you can not only train muscles through a full range of movement, but also move joints through in which they were designed to move. It gives the person more options for different movements, which mm. stresses different lines of tissue yeah. and strengthens it. Mm. So that's good for hypertrophy. Yeah, that's a, that's a great message because I feel like um, a lot of people are kind of... Um, up, down, up, down, yeah, up, down. Yeah, exactly. And, and also... And leave. And also, it's like, yeah, exactly. And it <laughs> takes this... The way I look at it as well is like lifting weights, Mike, right? It's kind of the easy part now. That's the part that I enjoy and, and most people enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's you push yourself, you get a good kick afterwards. But the mobility and putting in the work... You know, whether it's hip mobility, shoulder yep. mobility, that's where you really get the, you pay dividends. You get your bang for your buck because right. you can do you can do less and get better results when you have got that full range of motion. Yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, particularly yeah. taking things to the end range. You know. Yeah. 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 For sure. It's and by, a, by that, give me an example of what you mean. Say end range on a deadlift, for example. Yeah, like say for exa- example, um, um, testing like say end ranges. So like um, as long as the person's got good technique, also taking things up to like say for example a deficit. Yeah. But I, I mean more than just also just to like say for a deadlift. For example, swapping um, a deadlift for a Jefferson curl, all yep. right? So where the spine is actually going through flexion, yep. all right? Obviously, you start off light, yep. you know what I mean? But you're also taking the hamstrings, you're taking the, the whole posterior chain, yep. and you're taking it through a full range of movement, all right? So in terms of our mobility, we only have what what we work. And if we don't work in those ranges, we lose those ranges. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? And it's a bit like what, you know, we, we, we both played rugby in our time. Yeah. We used to have the saying with the ball, use it or lose it. Exactly, yeah. And if you don't use it, then you begin to lose it and the body restricts and it tightens up. And that, that reduces your options yep. for movement because all movement require prerequisite. Mm. And if we and most injuries occur because we're attempting movements before we have attained their prerequisites, yeah. whether it be in mobility, stability, or strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's important that we are looking at the prerequisites of movement and not just the exercise yeah. you know, itself. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. It. It's a, like, like I said, it's a skill and you've got to develop yourself for that skill. Like yeah, you would for right. any other sport, really. Any if other, you're playing yeah, sport, yeah, you've got sure. to get good at that skill. Awesome, Mike. I think we're going to have to wrap it up there, mate. There, um, that was a good, I think, 90-minute chat. We, we really, really started to throw punches there at the start. And we, we did. Yeah. We did. <laughs> I had, to like, I had to take some deep breaths. I think yeah, I'm away from the yeah. mic. Man. Keep yourself together. Keep yourself together. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, no, yeah. it was good because um, I wanted to be challenged and I think yeah. you got a bit of a, a little bit of a challenge here as well. I'll have to give you a challenge. If you like to be challenged, uh, mine. Yeah. I'll give you a four-week challenge. Try it. <laughs> oh. Plant-based whole food. Give it a go. See what happens. Anyway, mate, I'm going to have to leave it there. <laughs> now, Mike, I really appreciate your time, man. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You're uh, awesome and a legend. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, buddy.